life and vanity You traded all your hopes and dreams for insanity I'm Father Harry Dean, a priest of the Diocese of Austin, currently chaplain at Cedar Break Retreat Center. I'm joined by Deacon Ronnie Lostavica, our pastoral care coordinator for the restorative justice ministry of the Diocese of Austin, serving the incarcerated and the corrections officers in the city of Gatesville, Texas. And we're continuing today in our series of presentations on courage and encourage, apostolates to those who have a same-sex attraction. We were talking about the spirituality of encourage, and Deacon Ronnie, let me get you to continue on with that. Yes, the five uh, goals of uh, courage and uh, was to de- dedicate our entire lives to Christ through service to others, spiritual reading, prayer, meditation, individual spiritual direction, frequent attendance at Mass, and frequent reception of the sacraments of reconciliation and of Holy Eucharist. And through all of these spiritual practices, the deep beauty of chaste life will be seen and embraced, and her heart will be prepared and sustained for true friendship. Before you move on to that 12 steps of courage, through all these spiritual practices, the deep beauty of a chaste life will be seen and embraced, and a heart will be prepared and sustained for a true friendship. We were discussing after our last episode and before we began this one, the reality of that statement in comparison to what reality gets painted for us by many of the voices out into the world itself. And it comes down to so many people's belief that when their loved one comes to them and says, I have a same-sex attraction, they presume out of love that that's all there is to it. I have this attraction. That's it. There's nowhere else for me to go but to foster this attraction and to live this lifestyle. And one of the things that we'll get out of courage and encourage for those who are assisting those with same-sex attraction is that that's not true. Um, And this goes so deep that many even believe that their loved one has been born with a same-sex attraction. That is not a teaching of the Catholic Church. We do not believe that God makes anybody to be same-sex attracted. But that's what you're going to get, even from well-meaning people in that community of gays and lesbians. It is not what we believe. And for all of you parents that struggle with this, that you love your children, they're getting on up in age, maybe they have a partner for a long time, love is the key. But at the same time, we don't have to give in to the false teachings of human sexuality that are out there. And this is part of what this line represents. The deep beauty of a chaste life will be seen and embraced, and a heart will be prepared and sustained for true friendship. That's where true friendship comes from, not from a false presentation of human sexuality that is out there today that says... You've got same-sex attraction, now just embrace it and run with it, because there is an alternative. And this is it. It's this sustained, true friendship embraced with a heart that's founded in a chaste life. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, Deacon Ryan, but I I just wanted to go on. And and I think that, uh, just to add to what you just said, Father Harry, it's the importance of falling in love with the Lord, that from that love, that 
Lord has to become our first love, and it's from that love that all other loves in our lives will flow. And so oftentimes, I think, I've found that those who are um, gravitate to uh, um, these alternative lifestyles are just wanting to be loved. They are searching for some sense of, of, of commitment, of belonging, and security. And the only one place that we're going to find that to be perfect is from the source himself and falling in love with the Lord, uh, who is the way, the truth, and the life, is going to give you what you're, what you're thirsting for, what you're hungry for. And I think that that's, that's first and foremost. The fruit of that is a deep, beautiful, chaste life. It just radiates, and it says that that person has something I want, and what is it? Well, it's the Lord. The Lord of life has come to give you nothing but life itself, and it's fullest right here in this space and time with all the imperfections that are around us, but you can live that way if you so will it. And you can see that, and I think you'd agree with me, Deacon Ronnie. You know, the six years that I worked side-by-side with you in the incarcerated environment, you know, these are places where it's one gender, um, and and yet, so many of these folks are able to take that chaste life and live it there. That's the only option they have. Or they can go this other direction and pretend that they're another gender or they are of same-sex attraction, and they can begin to live those lifestyles within the incarcerated walls. But as you have witnessed and as you have led many people throughout your uh, 10 plus years of ministry to the incarcerated, uh, that doesn't have to be so. That chastity can be taught and embraced, that it can be seen as founded in that love of God and Jesus Christ, not the self serving love, that purely physical, romantic natured love that uh, is in and of itself and ends, uh, isn't that higher love that we're looking for ultimately, and that gets falsely presented to us as ultimate love. That's true. It's, it's again, uh, embracing the truth, um, and only the truth will set us free. Uh, there's, uh, and the thing that's beautiful about the truth uh, with a capital T is that it doesn't contradict itself. The truth uh, is always the same. And, um, again, it's uh, listening to the voice that has called you by name, that you are my beloved daughter, you are my beloved son. And before your mother knew you, before your father knew you, anybody knew you in your life, God knew you and God knit you in your mother's womb, as we were told in Psalm 139, and he sent you into this world to be loved and to love. That's who we are, and we must claim our chosenness, as God has loved us first. And then we're called to go out and love others as he has loved us. That's, a, that's the beauty of the, the devout life by St. Francis de Sales. He's, you know, the, the, the mark of a, of a holy person is, is not their ritual life or what they're doing, but, but the fact that they love God and they love others. And it's only from that relationship with God will we be able to love others. And then it's an authentic love. It's not a false love that's going to come up short and it's going to and, and continue to always continually disappoint us. I'd like to go into the 12 steps of courage. Um, the 12 steps of courage is based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and are set within the context of prayer and the sacramental life of the church. Uh, membership and courage is an invitation to grow spiritually and so in holiness. And while the 12-step program is an integral part of the courage discipline, the heart of the apostle is always a personal relationship with Christ as a member of his mystical body. As he heals us and gives us the strength to grow in the virtue of chastity and all the car- cardinal and theological virtues, 
the profoundly spiritual nature of courage must continue to be not just a method of attaining sexual abstinence, but a way of encountering Christ. And that's very important. There has to be that encounter of Christ. It's not what I'm giving up, it's what I'm gaining in that sense. The chaste one, in order to live chastely in him. And the 12 steps open the space within our hearts to grow spiritually, to come to know Christ more fully and to love him more uh, um, ardently. I would just say that what it does, when I'm just speaking that to you, I hear something that talk about a, a spiritual journey from your head to your heart, that since I can have something up here, but be totally removed from my heart. But the heart is the gateway to, to the interior life, is the gateway to the spiritual life. And so opening your heart to the Lord to come there and reside there, and the heart then becomes a filter. The Lord becomes a filter for whatever you allow to come into your life. And since that chastity then made possible by Christ's redemptive grace is a liberating virtue and a source of joy and human freedom. I spoke about this earlier, but it's just being free. It's being totally free. Uh, a central part of the spirituality of courage and encourage is a deeper understanding of origin, identity, and destiny of the human beings. That we are cre- created in the created male and female by God, and that complementary of married love between a man and a woman is a privileged participation in the being and the proactive, procreative power of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's through this cooperation of the husband and wife that gives the gift of new life to be formed and cherished. And such understanding not only assists members to recognize and respect their own identity as sons and daughters of God, brothers and sisters of Christ, but also aids our society in the struggle to overcome the secularization which attacks the sanctity of life and the integrity of the marriage and of the family. Let's uh, let's look at that one too. That that such understanding not only assists members, courage members, encourage members to recognize and respect their own identity as sons and daughters of God. That's where it starts. I get a same sex attraction. My daughter or son presents to me that they have a same sex attraction. If we pause for just a minute right then and there, and we all sit down and take a deep breath and say, okay, this is what we've got. Where do we do next? Well, we can just say, that's it. And I'm going to move on into that community that's well-developed. It's going to welcome me. It's going to encourage me. It's going to promote me. It's going to embrace me. Or I can say, hold on a second here. My identity is not in that community. My identity starts as a daughter or son of God, a brother or sister of Christ, which aids the society at large to struggle in its struggle to overcome secularization. And in the words of the uh, Encourage website, secularization, which attacks the sanctity of life and the integrity of marriage and the family. I'm making a... I'm coming down on the side of supporting the one or not supporting the one. It's not just a me proposition. And that's a choice that you and I make, any of us make, in terms of where we're going to allow this to drag us off, if we're going to go uh, or, and and without any resistance, or even stop and say, no, even though it's in front of me, I'm going to claim my true identity. And that is a a beloved son and daughter of, of, of the one true God. Because oftentimes I think we find ourselves identifying with, well, 
I am with what I have, or I am with what I don't have, or we identify with I am with what I people say about me or they don't say about me. And both of those things are, are lies. That's not they don't define who we are. That we are sons and daughters of God. And so living as a beloved one, uh, we have to cling to that identity and, and trusting that, that sanctity of life that, that's being um, overcome by the secularization of the ways of the world, uh, that's going to be attacked because we're in the world and, and things of the world doesn't mean that I am, um, I am the world, I am in this world, but I am not of the world. So I should be, my gaze should always go back towards Christ. Oftentimes use the um, image of sitting on a riverbank and we're just sitting there with tranquil, clear, beautiful day and this really beautiful crystal clear water flowing by and I'm, my gaze is towards what's in front of me and all of a sudden this log jam comes along and uh, I've got two choices. I can let that jam, I can follow it downstream and it's going to drag me off or I can stay with what's in front of me. Uh, let it go. Let it drag you off, but stay, stay, stay with the Lord. Stay trusting in the God's uh, providence and care, and that requires some perseverance. That requires some sense of of holy obedience and uh, act of the will that I die to myself, so that I can rise and live with Him in a higher life. And that's what we want to do. And yet, as this same sex attraction comes up within me or within my son and daughter, it's very powerful. It has very powerful souls around it that want you to believe in it, to embrace it, and to live it. And so if we, who are Catholic faithful, are going to say that's not the way, the truth, and the life, we have to be prepared to assist souls who have presented themselves as having same-sex attraction to be able to know that they're welcome among us while they struggle with the attraction. If they sense from us immediate rejection and loathing and pushback and condemnation, we're just pushing them right into the arms of that other community that is more than happy to embrace them and affirm them and encourage them in those attractions. It is for us as a community of faith to be able to also take a deep breath and say, while this makes me extraordinarily uncomfortable to talk about it, to be in the presence of somebody who says they're experiencing it, if I'm going to help them to maintain their identity as a daughter or son of God, it's on me as a member of the body of Christ to join with their parents, who we hope are going to, to be listening about encourage for their part, to be able to provide an overall support to help them to live a chaste life, even though that same-sex attraction is there. I think about the um, gospel text and during the season of Lent where we have um, the, the Samaritan woman at the well, and, and Jesus brings up a very uh, powerful message, a thought to her that she wants to go back and tells her husband and about her encounter with him, and, and he reminds her that, well, the man that you're with now is not your husband, and you've had five husbands in the past, and, and, and I... Um, turn to St. Augustine in, in that relationship. There's nothing in John's gospel that, that's never without meaning or purpose. And, and the number of the five, well, she's in love with her, with her sensual life. She's in love with what she can taste, what she can touch, what she can see, what she can smell, and what she can feel. And so oftentimes we see the secular world has capitalized on those sensu that sensual life and taken us off. It's that sense of dragging us on. And, and, and a lot of times, even... Within families, we find ourselves just caving into that, 
you know, saying, well, no, let's, let's, that's where the way things have changed. Let's just go with that. But now the Lord says, I'm the only one that can satisfy that thirst that you have for you. I'm the only one. And it's, and it's true. I mean, he's, he is the only one that's going to quench that thirst. Well, part of the alternative in that alternative lifestyle is that that sensualized life, as you've, you've coined that phrase, and I think it's very apt, becomes God itself. It becomes an ends in uh, and means in and of itself and says, I, I'm jealous for you. I don't want any rivals, and this God of Jesus Christ is a rival. Therefore, I don't need you to be part of a Christian community, a Catholic community. I need you to be part of this LGBTQ plus community because we're the way, the truth, and the life. You'll find your fulfillment, your happiness, and all of those things purely in sensuality and the relationships that are formed around it, and they will cloud the issue of what truth is through a chaste life. Uh, some of that's going to be certainly of evil. Some of it, I think, is going to be from people who are well-meaning and they believe in those things because they just don't have a connection to life in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That deserves some discernment along the way, but at the very least, we want to be able to say the real truth is in our daughter and sonship in Jesus Christ. And so we emphasize the importance of, of continuing the spiritual development of, of, of courage and encourage members, a development that brings each believer a deeper knowledge of the faith and its practice, and to deeper knowledge of Christ alive in us in the church, who accompanies us along our pilgrimage way to our lasting home in heaven. And that's a very important part because our true home is in heaven, and our gaze should always be towards heaven and the things of heaven. And the love of Christ following from this glorious pierced heart into our often poor and confused hearts will give us the clarity and the strength to go forward. And the words of the emblem of the oblates of St. Francis de Sales, our hearts resting in the sacred heart of Jesus will take hold of divine love and will not let go. There's a quote from Pope Francis to close out this particular section of our series. Um, Pope Francis the name of God is mercy. I am glad that we are talking about homosexual people, the Holy Father says, because before all else comes the individual person in his or her wholeness and dignity. And people should not be defined only by their sexual tendencies. Let us not forget that God loves all his creatures and we are destined to receive his infinite love. I'd just like to add that when we encounter uh, men and women who are, are struggling with this condition, uh, I think it's very important for us to re remember this quote from the um, Holy Father, that, that the person that's standing in front of us at that moment in time is an individual person who created in the image and likeness of God. We're all called to see the Christ in one another and, and his wholeness and dignity. That being said, I think it's a, it, that oftentimes we will we'll, we see their brokenness first. We don't see their wholeness, and we need to see them as who they are. Even in their brokenness, they stand so brightly before us, and we're 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 never to kick them to the curb, so to speak. But we should be there to to companion them, to walk with them, to help them with whatever struggle that they may be going with at that moment in time. But uh, we should not be defined by their sexual tendencies. That that should never happen. 
Now let us not forget that God loves all of his creatures, as the Holy Father says, and we're destined to receive his infinite love. That's that's what's important part. So if we're going to bring anything to, in the ministry of presence to someone who is broken, at least suffering from this particular brokenness, it is saying that I've come to love you as you are, and, and that who you are is truly a precious son or daughter of God. And so to do that, we are going to need to be able to step out of our own individual comfort zones from time to time, if not frequently, in order to support people who have put a foot into the community of LGBTQ or even plus, and as they try to stay within the church, allow ourselves to be in that discomfort on the one hand, perhaps with their appearance, perhaps with their mannerisms, perhaps with the way that they speak, and say instead This is an individual who has this appearance or mannerism, and that individual is one that I have a responsibility for to be able to assist them to stay in union with God in the church. If I'm uncomfortable, okay, so be it. I'll take that as an offering to God, a sacrifice that I'll make in order to love my brother and sister, even though it's a challenge for me to do that. I'm going to do it anyway, because that's what our church holds out to that community as they make a decision to step away from a belief that their sensuality is their identity and know that their identity is in the love of God and Jesus Christ in his body, the church. I now become that presence of Christ for them. It just may not always be so-called comfortable. That's so true, Father, and what we see there is, is it goes back to the very beginning, and that's the, the five goals of, of courage. You can't give what you don't have, and so unless you're a person of prayer, unless you're a person who has uh, um, engaged in uh, um, the graces that we receive from, from, from the sacraments, uh, um, frequent attendance of Mass or, or reception of Holy Communion, and, and especially the Sacrament of Reconciliation, um, that's going to be a difficult thing for, for that soul to do because you're, you're calling them to live a deeper life and, and, and to embrace the person that they, they're standing in front of them, uh, not in my, my, with my judgmental eyes of the world, but, but with the eyes of Christ who, who meets us where we are and, and companion us along the way. That's very important to see that difference. It is indeed. And, um, our next session now, we're going to start on, um, and then we'll, we'll conclude this session and get ready for our, our next one as well. But we're going to enter into an uh, area of the Encourage and Courage website that is called Frequently Asked Questions. These are marvelous. They're, they're going to be a lot of the ones, trust me, that, that you who are uh, listening because you want to uh, embrace Encourage as family members or you who are experiencing same sex attraction, you're saying, okay, I'm, I'm hearing this. I still have a powerful pull from the community that I've already established, but something's speaking to me here. There's a lot of really good answers from these frequently asked questions. So let us start going through those with you, and then we'll share uh, also some of our insights uh, from our personal ministry experience as relates to these questions. But the very first one, what is courage? Courage is a group of Catholics who experience same-sex attractions and who are committed committed to helping one another to live chaste lives marked by prayer, fellowship, and mutual support. 
Our members are guided by caring priest chaplains, and we do have a priest chaplain for the Courage Apostolate here in the Diocese of Austin. It's Father Joseph Dayheim by caring priest chaplains who offer reconciliation and direction for the spiritual life. Together, they pursue the five goals of courage, which were developed by the first courage group in New York City in 1980-80, and still guide all of our meetings and our work. And here they are, to live chaste lives in accordance with the Roman Catholic Church's teaching on homosexuality, other words, chastity, Two, to dedicate our entire lives to Christ through service to others, spiritual reading, prayer, meditation, individual spiritual direction, frequent attendance at Mass, and the frequent reception of the sacraments of reconciliation and Holy Eucharist, other words, prayer and dedication. Third one, to foster a spirit of fellowship in which we may share with one another our thoughts and experiences and so ensure that no one will have to face the problems of homosexuality alone. That's fellowship. That's the third one. And I would say that's probably among the the biggest ones. I mean, sacraments, obviously, there's a ranking here. But what I mean by that in saying about fellowship, we all are going to know that someone with a same-sex attraction has linked into a very powerful movement in, in the life of our world and in of our nation that says this is the norm, that it is okay, that you're welcome here. This is how you were made. And we're giving another view that says, no, that's not the truth. You weren't made this way. This is a decision that you're making that you can decide not to make and make a decision instead. Fellowship is very important there. For folks to be able to say, I have that powerful draw to stay in that community of LGBTQ+, and yet my faith, my conscience, my heart, as you mentioned earlier, Deacon Ronnie, not my head, but my heart is saying, there's a higher life, there's a fuller mystery. And then when we present that fuller mystery as chastity, There's that immediate pushback from the other community that says, well, no way. Sensuality is the way. Chastity takes me out of sensuality. Therefore, that's not even an option. And yet we are saying absolutely it is. And that's part of what we're here for is to paint that picture and then assist you in living that picture. The fourth one then, as it goes on, to be mindful of the truth that chaste friendships are not only possible, but necessary in a Christian, chaste Christian life, and to encourage one another in forming and sustaining these friendships. That's the support one. And then number five, good example role model, to live lives that may serve as good examples to other. You know, I keep saying that over and over again, Deacon Ryan, and I'd be curious, we've got a couple of minutes left here, uh, not very long, but your experience of seeing how people support one another in the incarcerated life away from evil and towards the good. I think it's done in community. Uh, it's the power of community, any community, uh, whether it's an incarcerated setting or, um, cause a lot of times, um, an incarcerated life, uh, is, um, lived, um, in a very sense of isolation. I mean, we could be in a dormitory with 140 men or women, but, um, I'm just living my own life there as best I can until I serve my time. But uh, the fruit of community says that uh, we're not there alone, and I can be accompanied for whatever struggles that I'm going through through the support of the community. I, I think in, uh, particularly at the uh, Hughes Unit, the men's uh, community there has uh, really 
uh, very blossomed, if you will, uh, into a sense of community, looking out for the for each other, uh, checking on each other, living that sense of other centeredness, which is which is really the fruit of, of our Christian call, our baptismal calls, you know. And so, yes, um, all the things that the, this um, this community um, brings to anyone um, is first and foremost um, is on the table for all of us. And I, I think I've seen the fruits of that in men that are living that way. One final note before the closing prayer, uh, for those who are interested in uh, many of the teachings that are woven into what we're speaking from the website for Courage and Encourage come directly from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, so far, we have covered numbers 2333, 2333, 2357 through 2359, if you'd like to look those up for yourself. I know that's a little dry in terms of uh, content, but at the same time, there are folks that really want to know these citations. We want to be able to pass that along as the website has passed it along as well. 2333, 2357 to 2359. We thank Almighty God for the gift of community to support one another, to live chaste and holy lives, to celebrate the truth of how God has made us, male and female, to serve Him, the one true God. Amen. Brother, if you walk with me, 